Good morning, everybody. Are you ready to hear a word from God? Okay, great. <laughs> I'm in good company. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning that as a people we can gather before your throne and just celebrate what you've done. And we lift up your son, Jesus, Lord, who died on the cross for our sins. And we just thank you, Lord, that this year, 2023, that you have promises for our life and possibilities in the year ahead. And so, Lord, we just dedicate this time into your hands. Open up our hearts that we receive the word of God, the bread of heaven into our life in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. How is your New Year's going? Good? Bad? How many celebrated New Year's with fireworks, food, <laughs> food, and resolutions. <laughs> well, you know what? The holiday season is all about food, right? I mean, you eat and eat and you gain weight, then you have a resolution to lose weight during the coming year. And if you like me, I love to eat. When you think about it, you know, food, we revolve around food because we think about what we're going to eat for breakfast, what we're going to have for lunch, and also for dinner. And food is like part of our daily life when you think about it. But, you know, as we're starting this new year, unlike fireworks, food, resolutions, every nation, our church family, is going to start the New Year's with a spiritual bang. Okay? And what it is, is we're going to have a time of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Our favorite subject, fasting. Amen, right? <laughs> Anyway, we're going to have a video of introduction from our president of every nation, Pastor Steve Merle. Every Nation people all over the world started 2022 with our annual week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Our theme this year has been abiding in God's Word. I have been privileged to travel all over the world and hear reports and testimonies about how powerful it has been to focus on abiding in Christ. But I want to talk to you about 2023. Our theme for the year is miracles. Let him be known. The purpose of miracles, yes, it's to meet needs, but it's also to let the glory and the presence and the love and the power and the majesty of God be known and experienced by people who are walking with him and by people who are far from him. So 2023, we will all start the year together with a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration, focusing on miracle stories in scripture and learning how to trust and believe God, not just for trusting miracles in scripture, but seeing miracles in our families, in our campuses, our cities, our nations, all over the world. Join us a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Remember, Joshua 3, 5 says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow God will do wonders. We are trusting God together for miracles in your life, your family, on our campuses, in our cities, in our nations, to the outermost corners of the world, the miracle and power of God all throughout 2023 and beyond. Amen. You know that there's about 500 churches across the world that is uh, of every nation that is participating in this consecration week. And I hope you'll, you'll join us in every way. You know, what is a miracle? And uh, this week we're going to focus on miracle and throughout this year. And the Webster Dictionary just says a divine intervention in human affairs. How many of us need a miracle in our life? Yeah. Okay, now... How many of us have fasted before? Okay. <laughs> so that's a challenge that, you know, I never heard of fasting before until I became a Christian. And then I started just fasting like one meal and then later two meals. And then it went for a day and then it went for like three days and then later five days as in my life. And fasting is basically abstaining from food. But there are different uh, types of fasting, what the Bible brings out of Daniel fast. You can read that. And fasting directs us to be dependent on God. It's a discipline that benefits our spiritual, our physical body, and Pastor Eddie is going to share on that, our spiritual life in our relationship with God. Now, why do we fast? 
Number one, it's a spiritual tool to advance God's kingdom, change the destiny of nations, spark revival, and bring victory to God's people. In Mark 9, 29, Jesus said to them, and he's talking to his disciples, this can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And to give you a backdrop of the story, a father brings his son who was possessed by a, a deaf and um, dumb spirit. And the disciples tried to cast out that spirit, and they couldn't. So finally, they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus cast out the spirit. He rebuked the spirit, and the boy was set free. So later, the disciples asked him, asked Jesus why they couldn't cast out the false spirit. And Jesus answered that, in this case, it was a way of prayer and fasting. He inserted fasting into there. Because there's a powerful force sometimes we deal with that goes beyond ourselves and taps into the supernatural. And fasting is one of them. Fasting touches the spiritual realm. You know, it says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities of powers and spiritual forces. And when I thought about uh, consecration, prayer, and fasting, I just was remi reminded of the uh, intercessory team that did Clinton Stream that was led by Robin Ventura. And it was like the team throughout the whole time we prepared. Robin led a team of 15 with Sharon. And um, it was something that consecration, we had to consecrate our lives. We had to um, pray a lot. And we had to fast. And I remember as we were preparing our hearts in this area, uh, as we were winding down the week of prayer for the retreat, and all of a sudden as we, we were praying, and God gave me a vision of um, a big arena, like a Roman Colosseum. And there was one person standing there waiting for the battle. And all of a sudden I felt like God showed me the heart of the person standing there waiting for the battle. And the person was broken, was hurting deep in the heart, and was in prison. And then all of a sudden, the focus became in the stands. And all the crowds, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those movies where the crowds are cheering and yelling and screaming for victory, for the battle. And I, I seen that picture, and God began to speak to me saying that, the shouting for the victory from the people were the prayers of the intercessors for that person to see victory in their life. And when we went through that, uh, Kalani Stream, I heard so many testimonies of what God did in people's lives in setting them free and reminded me of the goodness of God, how good God is. And Pastor Eddie said that, you know, we felt heaven on earth on that day. And even now, with um, the prayer and fasting that the team did, that the physical aspect of healing began to overflow. Um, I just watched a cleansing stream video of a young lady named Gabriella, and she had cerebral palsy for 22 years. She was in pain for 22 years. And at the cleansing stream retreat, they prayed for her, and she got healed. They recorded over 50 healings, physical healings, in, in 2023 to the ministry. And the ministry is basically prayer, fasting, consecration for people in our lives. And so I think we should take to heart this week to set aside time to pray and, you know, fast and what you can. You know, you can, if you're going a long time, like three days or whatever, you have to do it with wisdom. My friend... Uh, when I was in college, he, they went on a three-day fast. And right after they went on a three-day fast, they went to Rainbow to drive in and ate. And they got sick. <laughs> I mean, really sick. <laughs> There's wisdom how you fast and how you break the fast. So it's all in, the, uh, in the, um, the link that they'll send you on the booklet. Number two is Jesus fasted because he needed spiritual strength to fulfill God's purpose. Luke chapter 4, and we know this story about Jesus being in the wilderness. And he was for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil, it says, and he ate nothing, 
And after the temptation of 40 days, the Bible says this, he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And then his fame went throughout all the region. You know, fasting makes us spiritually strong and prepares us to do God's work. Whenever the kingdom of God is to advance, a spiritual battle will happen. When you read the temptation, one thing, uh, as I was reading through the scripture, two of the three temptations that Jesus was against when Satan addressed Jesus, Satan went this way. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. If you are the son of God, cast yourself down. Satan challenged Jesus on his identity. And knowing who you are in Christ is critical in our life when the battle begins. Who are you? I'm a child of God. Who are you? I'm a child of God. So say to yourself, I'm a child of God. Okay, that sounded weak, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little more, you know. Okay, <laughs> one, two, three. I'm a child of God. Child of God. Amen. That sounded great. That sounded more convincing. <laughs> you know, was really one thing um, as we were preparing that Robin was preparing the team for the retreat. Um, we came together as a team, and we understood what we signed up for. We signed up basically to jump into the spiritual arena. For the, to believe God, to pray for the kingdom of God to advance, and to pray for each one, and to pray for each other. And I, what the team did was seven weeks out before the retreat, once a week, we fasted. And in a week of the um, retreat, we, Robin led us to um, a time of fasting and prayer for three days. And I remember in, in our time of being together, and one meeting that we had, Robin said, okay, we're going to uh, break up into groups, and I want you to prophesy to each other. <laughs> and she gave us these certain topics, how God would speak to us. And one of them was an animal. What do you sense God is saying about the person about, as an animal? And in my group was Janice, uh, Auntie Lynn, and um, Kathy Nakao. And we were in our group and then was waiting on God. And Robin was saying, okay, if, okay, think about an animal that the person, that God is speaking to you about the person. And so when Kathy Nakao came, if you know Kathy Nakao, she's, you know, small, quiet, real loving and all. Uh, you wouldn't notice her. But then anyway, we're praying. And then all of a sudden I had this picture come to mind. And I told Kathy, Kathy. You're a mongoose. <laughs> and she looked at me like, what? <laughs> I don't think she wanted to hear that. <laughs> but anyway, then I seen a picture of, you know, you see it in the uh, National Geographic or whatever, that the mongoose and the rattlesnake, they go at it together, right? And I began to explain it to her. You're the mongoose that has no fear of the snake, and that you're willing to do battle and not bow down to it. And then she felt better. <laughs> I said, in the spiritual realm, God is going to use you as that mongoose for people in the kingdom of God. Amen. <laughs> Fasting does things in our life, it opens up God's heart for people. The third and final thing uh, I'm going to share in a, before I pass it to Pastor Eddie, fasting is an act of humility and consecration. In the book of Ezra, uh, Ezra says this in verse 21, then I proclaimed the fast there at the river uh, Ava that we might afflict ourselves before God to seek him a right for a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substances. Ezra humbled himself in prayer and fasting. He wanted protection 
and help from God. Because the journey at this time was they were in Babylon and they were set free to go back to Jerusalem. And the journey was hundreds of miles away. And in that journey, they could encounter robbers and all of that, uh, the enemies, thieves, whatever. So Ezra decided that people were going to fast. And they humbled themselves and asked for God's safety and protection because they had goods with them and they had silver and gold also. And I think somebody said that they had over a one point something million dollars worth of silver and gold in their hands returning to Jerusalem. God hears the cry of the humble. And when we fast and we pray, we humble ourselves before God and to be dependent on him. So in 2023, let's pray, fast, and consecrate our lives. And I remember, um, and I asked Robin if I could share a little, when we were in our group as a team as we're preparing for clinching, one, uh, one Sunday was, no, no, one night, I think. Was she, anyway, she, she felt she had a word from God for our group. And then she began to share, and she said this, that as you swim in the stream, you will gain strength, endurance, and courage. For these are waters of life. And you will bring life to your household in this island. I think God gave her the word because she began to seek God, fast, pray, and seek God for people and lives. So as you look forward to this year, I hope that um, you will pray, <laughs> consecrate yourselves, and put time in fasting before him. And God will begin to do marvelous things in your life. Amen. As I pass to Pastor Eddie. Let's welcome Pastor Eddie as he comes. Let's say thank you to Pastor Lance again. That was a great, great uh, sharing. <coughs> we have um, materials available for those of you that um, would want hard copies of it. So probably just a half a dozen of these uh, if you want the hard copies. And we will be sending you the link to be able to get the online digital um, guides for the five days that we're going to be fasting and praying. How many of you have... Um, how many of you have been involved in, uh, you regularly fast? How many of you regularly fast? Can I see your hands? Nobody? <laughs> Some of you? Okay. Good, Chelsea. Um, how many of you have fasted in the past at least a day of your life? Okay. How many have fasted more than a day? Okay. Um, how many have done fasting uh, for spiritual purposes? Can I see your hands? How many do fasting for just health purposes and health reasons? Some folks, okay, great. Um, I, I found out, and I played tennis with Sabi and, um, in the past when he was feeling a little better and his shoulders was operating well, and um, he, he wouldn't eat his breakfast, you know, and he'd get really tired. And I said, it's because you need to eat a good breakfast. And over the course of the past few months, probably half a year or a year, I realized that um, it's a lot more healthier not to eat breakfast. I don't know if you ever felt that way, you know. Uh, I love eating. I love food. In fact, I love it more because I cook a lot uh, now than I've ever done before. <coughs> but... I found out that I get really, really hungry in the morning, and if I just kind of ignore that uh, sense, that I have a lot of energy through the whole morning. And when I started eating again after a few months, when I started eating again, I felt sluggish. And I thought, is this how uh, I feel, I felt in the past when I was eating my breakfast and never recognized it because it was just something that I... Uh, was used to. And we're going to talk ab a little bit about the health aspect at the end uh, this morning about uh, fasting and praying. Because there is a health aspect that is amazing that most of us don't understand because we live in a country of so uh, great resources available 
to us, every single one of us. I want to look at fasting and how it makes us sensitive to the Spirit of God. Fasting sensitizes our spirits uh, to the Lord. This is what uh, Acts 13 verse 2 says. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this is the early apostles as um, they were in Antioch, a center for the Gentile church. Uh, they began fasting and praying and there was a, a, a new church that had just emerged with a lot of non-Jewish people and the Holy Spirit spoke to the apostles and the prophets that were gathered. You know that the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He's always saying something to every single one of us. It's whether we're, we've got our ears tuned to hear the Holy Spirit or not. You know, God is, God is always speaking in various ways to us, and he's trying to get our attention. And one of the best ways for us to get keen to hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying is to just deny ourselves the uh, normal activities of our lives. And one of them is eating. Uh, and so this is what the Holy Spirit said to the apostles and prophets. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And Barnabas and Saul, who was Paul the apostle, began to uh, be launched out in a ministry that powerfully multiplied churches all across uh, the, the Asian region uh, of the world at that time. A huge, huge revivals would took place because of that word from God. Fasting and praying sensitizes our lives and strengthens us. I, um, when we're in, right in the midst of um, that day, Cleansing Stream Day, <clears throat> um, November 19th, Saturday, I was really shocked at the end of the day because we went from 8.30 to 6 o'clock. You know, that's uh, nine hours of worshiping, praying, ministering, hearing ministry. You know, I, it was just nonstop for nine hours. How many of you could go to a seminar, sit down for nine hours, and uh, keep your attention on everything that's going on? You know, I, I think there's some people right now, you know, in, in church, if you've got your phone, you're probably looking through your emails and texts and, you know, your attention span is just so short. I, I was shocked at the end of the day, at 6 o'clock, a little after 6 o'clock, going home in my car, and I thought, I'm not tired. My brain is not exhausted. Physically, I feel refreshed. How can that be? You know, if I sit down for an hour or two hours in a seminar, my brain gets shot, I get exhausted and tired. And I was talking to Pastor Herman from Faith Family Fellowship. He's interested in playing tennis with us. So um, <clears throat> I was talking with him on the tennis court, and I said, you know, that was really amazing what happened at Cleansing Stream. And I, I felt so refreshed at the end of the day. And he looked at me and he says, you know why? He said, that's because your spirit was energized. You were in an atmosphere of worship, and the spirit in you was sensitized to what God was doing, and it created a refreshing environment around you, so your spirit was strong, and it produced strength for your body. And I thought, wow, that's really good. Thank you. <laughs> so... I was thinking about that, that fasting and prayer, that's what it does. It energizes our lives. It sensitizes our lives to the spirit. Um, I want to take a look at this next point, and then we'll end with um, uh, an aspect of, of fasting that I think most of us don't even uh, consider. But it is through fasting and prayer, revival takes place. Everybody say revival. Revival. I, I believe we're living in a time of revival. There's things happening all over the world that is shaking countries, nations. It is, it is shaking the world. We're, we're on the verge of 
so many different crises, economic crisis, uh, crisis of um, nuclear powers at work. We're, we're seeing the battles of nations in a way that we have never seen it before. And I believe God is speaking uh, and telling us that we live in a very special period uh, of Earth's history. <clears throat> Esther, the book of Esther, talks about a, a time in the life of the, the Jewish people when they were in Persia. And there was an enemy that wanted to wipe them out, just like today. I mean, it's, it's a similar thing today. Iran is intent, in, intent on destroying Israel, wiping them off the face of the earth. Uh, they're the little Satan. They consider Israel the little Satan. And America, the big Satan, and they want to destroy both of us. You know, that's, that's the kind of world we're living in. Esther lived in the same world like that. And there was an intent to destroy, uh, and favor was given to this one man called Haman with the king to agree with him to, on a particular day, wipe out all the Jewish people in Persia. When Esther found out about it, she was a Jew by background, hid her identity, uh, was accepted when there was a search for a new queen uh, for Persia, and she was accepted. She was in the palace next to the king and could have access to him if he would, if he would favor her. And this is her uh, plea with all the Jews across Persia and those maidens that were close to her. Go gather together all the Jews, fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days. Uh, you know, I, I've, heard, I've heard people talk about fasting. You know, you, there's different ways of fasting. You can fast from the news. You can fast from uh, 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 different kinds of activity, you know. Uh, but you don't need to fast from food. Everything I read about in the Bible is <laughs> not fasting from other kinds of distracting media that, that captures your attention. Fasting is fasting from food and drink. That's what fasting is. And, and you can determine how you do that. You know, I thought uh, fasting can be dangerous, but you know, we'll, we'll end this, this morning with an amazing insight into fasting that produces health in your body. The Bible says that, that fasting will produce health for you. That is, do you, do you, do you notice that um, we just got two dogs? <coughs> I should have a picture of them up there, but uh, Susan will love that if I did that. <coughs> they're, they're her dogs, and I help her take care of them. They said when a dog is young, you know, you feed them two meals a day, by, by the time they get to be an adult dog, you just feed them one meal a day, and it's healthier for them. I've seen people feed dogs and feed them a lot, and you see them overweight, and they die early, right? But if you want dogs to be healthy, just feed them one meal a day. And I thought, we don't do that for ourselves. Um, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> so it's important uh, to understand the power of fasting. And in, in Esther's day, in the time of the Persian captivity of Israel, they fasted and prayed, and this is what it says, I also and my maidens will fast likewise now in the day that the enemies of the Jews hope to have power over them when it looked like there was no way to reverse what the decree of destruction that had been decided by the king uh, was going to be. It says, this is what the scripture says, because of uh, the fasting and prayer, it was turned to the contrary, and this is in the latter part of the book of Esther, that the Jews had rule over those who were the enemies. The, the position switched. And the power switch, uh, switched and reversed. Whatever you feel has power over you, can, can, uh, you can have the power over it by 
uh, fasting and by praying. So I, I just want to, um, how many of you remember <clears throat> in the 60s and the 70s, the culture in the young people that existed then? You, you know, we call, we call it a certain generation. Do you remember what the generation was? The, the hippie generation, right? Yeah. <clears throat> God does something in generations, and it's usually the youth generation. I didn't realize that as I was looking back at it. You know, I, uh, there's, there's so, because I was right in the midst of all of that, and I did not realize that there was a powerful movement that took place all across the world and, and in America. Uh, <clears throat> how many of you have heard of uh, Calvary Chapels? Have you heard of Calvary Chapels? How many have heard of Vineyard Churches? Have you heard of Vineyard Churches? How many have heard of uh, uh, YWAM, Youth the Mission? How many of you have heard of uh, the Hope Chapel Movement? Um, you might not have heard too much about Grace Bible in every nation. All of that was birthed in the 60s and the 70s. New movements. All of a sudden, it just began emerging. And churches... Uh, began to just multiply all across America and across the world. Something, something powerful was happening. You know how many years it's been since that time, the 70s? It's about 50 years. We're living in a period of God's timing. A jubilee, according to to. Leviticus 25 is a time of freedom, a time of uh, debts being canceled, a restoration provided for people. It, it was a time of fasting. It was a time of prayer. It was a time of Sabbath for uh, the Jewish people. That was set up. And what was, what was amazing, everyone, it's called the, the year of Jubilee. Everyone that had been indebted, was then released from that debt, able to start over again by having their lands released to them. It was an amazing time. We're living in a time of jubilee today, 50 years after the 70s. And I believe the same thing that happened in the youth culture is going to happen today. I, it's not, no accident that um, Pastor John, Zach, and all of our college kids have gone to a, uh, a college campus ministry convention that gathered three to 4,000 college students across the U.S. states. The vision was to reach college students for Jesus Christ. Why? <clears throat> when I began ministry in the, the, the 70s, uh, I was just really surprised because I had no background in ministry, had some training, just walked on a campus, had half a dozen kids. And I was surprised, I did not know what was going on spiritually. But within eight years, we had 100 kids, 12 of them went to full-time ministry. We're living in a similar time like that. I, uh, one of the churches on the island, Pastor uh, Lahaina Christian Fellowship, uh, Pastor Larry Elias, who began that church, <clears throat> was telling me that during that time, here in Maui, he got started a church. And he had his home packed with young people. All these hippies, all the beatniks, you know, just packed his home, hungry for God, every single night. And there was one baptism service. He had 200 young people, teenagers, giving their hearts to Jesus Christ. I mean, it was amazing. And I believe we're living in a similar time like that. The generation is called the Generation Z. They're the ones that... How many of you were born uh, between 1996 and 2012 that are here? How many of you, can I see your hands? How many of you were born between 1996 and... <laughs> and Jeff is trying to raise his hand. <laughs> How many of you were born between 1996 and 2012? 
how many of you have kids who were born between 1996 and 2012? How many of you have kids? Okay. So your kids are the ones God wants to be able to target. If, you're, if you were born between, and you, you are in the ages of 15 to 25, 26, God wants to place his hand on your life and do something. Whether you go into full-time ministry as a pastor, as a missionary, or you serve God in the career that he gives to you, you can change the world. You can make a world a different world from what, what exists today. And our fasting and our praying should be towards that end. God, do something. In, I want God to do something in my generation, but God do something in Generation Z. Because uh, this is currently um, every nation has, has uh, works in about 80 nations across the world. One official churches are about 500, but you know that there's over a thousand campus ministries that we have all across the world. 1,000 uh, campuses that we are working on where there's a campus club to reach young people for Jesus Christ. We need to pray for that, the success of that, and the raising up of leaders uh, to reach uh, that generation. Because, and th this is the, the reason, <clears throat> the future leaders of society are on a campus. They're right now training in our campuses. They need to be reached there. Major movements, whether good or bad, happens on the, it starts on campuses. The majority of those who become Christians do so as students. The values of our campus become the values of society. And the most available, trainable groups of people are on our campus. When you reach a student, you reach a family. And God promised that he was going to pour out his spirit on our sons and our daughters. That's what he, he promised that. And we're living in a time like that. You know, I thought to myself, I don't get a chance to, to preach and teach too much um, in church because of uh, Pastor John doing such a great job. And I thought, you, you probably might not in, want me to preach more often because I don't think most of you would want to hear what we're, what, what we're talking about as far as fasting and, and praying because, you know, we love food so much. <clears throat> but I just want to, I, I want to, show you the aspect I I kind of I was involved in fasting so much I, I, I did a lot of fasting up till about 10 years ago and my my body got weaker through fasting I didn't know how to fast properly and there's a proper way to do it and I neglected seeing the health aspects of fasting there's a there's a clinic a healing clinic um, I can give you information on in Germany that has for 60 years been working with people with all kinds of chronic diseases. And we rely on drugs and surgeries in order to be able to uh, combat whatever we have as problems. <coughs> this clinic, and they have a proven record of decades, all they do is teach people how to eat right, how to avoid bad foods and get healed through fasting. You can actually reverse, uh, reverse diseases by fasting. I wanna, I wanna show you, um, so fasting is healthy, whether you realize it or not. And most of us kind of avoid that because it's really painful not to eat. <laughs> Right? I mean, we, we don't want to uh, deny ourselves food because it's so pleasurable to eat. But, but there's an aspect of just denying yourself food that promotes health in your body. Can we just take a look at, this is Doc, I, I love Dr. Berg. <coughs> he's, a, he's a chiropractor by background but has so much health insights. And this, this is the insight he has in regards to fasting. So we'll just take a, about three, four minute uh, view of an 11-minute video. 
Hey guys, today we're going to talk about the eight major benefits from prolonged fasting. Now, prolonged fasting is where you'd go 48, 72 hours or longer, sometimes a week, sometimes 21 days, sometimes even longer. Um, there's some interesting benefits that occur when you do this. The body goes into this survival mode. It's kind of like a physiological vacation for your organs, especially for your digestive system, because every time you eat, you kind of like shut down that system. The people that eat frequently, let's say you're doing three meals plus two snacks, uh, never have a chance to get these amazing benefits. Let's start with number one. You actually regrow your brain cells. Um, not the entire brain, but very specific parts of the brain, including the hippocampus, parts of the brainstem, and other parts as well. So that's really cool. I mean, to re how many of you could use uh, some extra brain cells? So the part of the hippocampus that's regenerated has to do with memory, okay? There's like a relay switch in there that helps you uh, get access to your database, your memory, your file cabinet of memories. So you're able to regrow that structure of the brain to improve memory. That's really, really cool. Okay, number two, increase mitochondria. The mitochondria are the energy factories of the body. So you're gonna find that your energy goes straight through the roof. Incredible amounts of energy when you don't eat. Well, remember, you're burning your fat, so you are eating, you're just not eating dietary uh, calories. Number three, autophagy. This is a condition in your body whereby it recycles old damaged proteins, okay? Um, and other things like microbes and damaged mitochondria. So it's kind of a good self-cleaning action going on. And you recycle these proteins into new proteins to build new tissue. This is the epitome of anti-aging. But in order to get in this, you, you wanna do prolonged fasting. Now I do recommend doing intermittent fasting once a month or once every other month or even like four times a year would be great. All right, next one is enhanced stem cell production. The stem cell is the cell without a purpose. It's not differentiated into a specific cell yet. It just sits there and until the body says, I need a new cell because this is damaged or it needs to be replaced, and you actually get new cells. As you age, stem cells go down. The more stress you have, the more sugar you eat, or the more frequently you eat, the more it goes down. So when you do prolonged fasting, you actually enhance your stem cell reserve, your pool of stem cells. And this is another reason why you would get younger and you would feel more youthful because you have more replacement. So prolonged fasting is a really amazing repair action. The drugs that promote anti-inflammatory effects basically dominate the market. Most of the money in drugs okay. uh, have um, to do with anti-inflammatories. <clears throat> interesting. Uh, isn't that interesting? I, that is really, really powerful. Uh, <clears throat> you can just find it on YouTube. Just look for Dr. Berg and fasting. Uh, eight benefits of fasting. You can find that. <clears throat> so this is what he says. And, and I'll complete uh, his message. And he says, not only will fasting regrow brain cells, increase mitochondria, uh, help with uh, autophagy in your body, enhance stem cells. It'll decrease inflammation, which is the cause of diseases in our body. Uh, it'll decrease tumor growth. That's really, really interesting. Uh, it'll increase antioxidants and uh, cell resistance to stress. All those things will take place physically. And it's really interesting that uh, the classic chapter in the Bible, Isaiah 58, says that when you fast, your health will spring forth speedily. I think it's Isaiah 58, verse 12. It says that, that when you fast, you will be healthier. And there's a Bible verse that tells you that, you know. So there's validation and confirmation uh, from the scripture. So we're going to be involved in, um, in fasting this week, however you want to choose the, the method and the days and the way that you fast and how many times in a day you fast. You could do it once, once a day. I, I normally just fast my breakfast meals anyway, you know, but um, you can choose to do breakfast. You can choose to do dinner. Uh, you can choose to uh, do all three meals in a day or one day or two days or three days or five days, whatever you want to do. Um, in our guide for fasting, it um, sets up the five days and whatever you choose to do. 
you do, we've got, uh, we've got a devotional guide available online, and that information will get to you by email. <coughs> this week, um, can we have the worship team go up? You got, I really love these guys. They, they did a great job this morning. Uh, can, can, can you folks do majesty again? As we close off, I'm, we're going to partake of the table of the Lord, communion, and um, they can play a background music on that, and then we'll end uh, with majesty. Uh, during this week, uh, we will be online. You will get the, the link for our Zoom prayer time, 7 o'clock to 7.30, every morning, Monday to Friday. And then on Saturday, uh, this will be an in-person prayer time here at the church from 7.30 to 8.30. It's um, from 7.30 to 8.30. We'll be praying together. <coughs> Can you get your uh, communion elements out? We're going to partake of the table together this morning. What we receive of the bread and the cup is a recollection and a, an embrace of the presence and the benefits of Jesus and what he did for us. We will never understand the tremendous sacrifice that God made when he sent his son. We will never understand what Jesus had to go through when he came to a point of recognition of who he was, I don't know, at two or three years of age, because I believe he was like a regular baby, born as a human being, and he had to gain his strength, gain his maturity, gain his knowledge, and somewhere at two or three years of age, he could think, and he could realize who he was. And he realized, I was born in order to die. He came to sacrifice his life so that you and I would know eternal life. We would know God. We would know heaven. We'd have our sins forgiven. And the reason why he did that is so that our lives could be a blessing to many, many others. Fasting has personal benefits, but it goes way beyond that. We need to fast and pray for people in our families that need, need the Lord, for people in Maui that are living lives that do not reflect God's kingdom in any way. We need to fast for the youth generation that God wants to touch and reach. There's a lot of reasons. There's things going on in the world that could be stopped if we pray. But I just want you to open your heart and say, Lord, uh, what can I do? Jesus gave his life. God's just asking us to give up some food for our, a day or a few days, whatever it is that, you know, would, would be a challenge to you. And so, Lord, this morning, we just want to say thank you to you that you gave your life for us. You shed your blood. You allowed your body to be broken. You sacrificed yourself in order to redeem us, and we thank you for that kind of love. And we ask that in whatever way that you would guide us this week, we open our hearts to let you speak to us in how we fashion this week as a sacrifice to you, as a commitment to you. So bless this bread, bless this cup as we partake in thanksgiving and the degrees of commitment that we would make to walk with you and to separate ourselves for your use. In Jesus' name we pray. Go ahead and partake of the bread of the cup this morning. Lord, we thank you for your amazing Jesus love. Give you thanks and praise for how you have touched our lives and worked in every single one of us and we want to in return allow our lives to be used for you let this week be a special week we would separate ourselves in ways we never have normally 
in order to be used by you to touch the lives of others. We thank you for this time together in your presence. We give you honor. We give you glory. Go with us. Fill us. Give us a sense of your presence and a commitment to walk with you this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Why don't you say hello to somebody around you that you don't know and shake their hands or hug their necks or whatever. God bless you. Have a great week.